Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Thank you, Anthony. Actually, interesting to look at the picture of uh, Peter Mandelson. He loves the company of the rich, and he's with the super rich. In fact, he's with super rich David Geffen. I think David Geffen, he must be the richest gay person on the planet, worth, I think, $4.6 billion. $4.6 billion. Small wonder that Mandelson hangs around with him. He's definitely a good catch. Started Asylum Records, recorded practically every single person under the sun. Very, very rich, very, very successful. And that's me, and I'm with you after the news, which is next on LBC. Same time, same same place, Anthony. I'll see you on Friday. OK, I'll be wearing the rose. By the bus. By the bus. Well, it might not be by the bus stop this time. <laughs> anyway, Anthony's back with you on... Uh, when's he back? Friday night, Saturday morning. And then Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning. OK? Anyway, welcome to Monday. I was, t- I was tempted to start with, with some good news. But, unfortunately, Ronnie Biggs is still alive, so I can't help you on that one at all. And, to all intents and purposes, it looks likely he's going to live till Christmas. Because yesterday, they managed to get him out of bed. I mean, to, to, dear God, I mean, if, if, this is, if this is a con, it's the best one ever. He's rising like Lazarus. Have you noticed? He's out of his bed, they took him off the drips, and he was able to smile in a sort of manic, I'm-on-my-way-out kind of a way. I looked, which <laughs> all very strange. And he's apparently having conversations, but he's got an alphabet board. Now, I don't know much about them. I've seen them, and I'll tell you where I've seen one. And I've just remembered that when I went to see Michael Crawford, might as well drop a name to start the programme this morning, doing Phantom, I went backstage and I was chatting away to him because Michael was a big LBC listener, big LBC listener. And, uh, and he had a little girl in there and she had an alphabet board on her wheelchair and so she could spell out... Wh- and it's amazing how fast she was. I mean, absolutely unbelievably quick, like this spelling out words. And apparently that's what, um, that's what Ronnie Biggs is doing. So uh, so he's still living. Uh, Michael Jackson has been buried. Hallelujah. It's good news, isn't it? All we were waiting for was the brain. And apparently now we've, we've got that back. They gave it to the family. Forest Lawns popped it in, sewed him back up again, stuck the wig on, and he's been buried. Well, that's what the papers are telling us has happened. I'm hoping it's right. I am a little bit worried about Mark Lester. I'm not over-keen on what Mark Lester has done. I was a big fan, a big fan of Mark Lester when he, was a, when he was a kid because he was one of those child stars and he appeared in some really, really good films. He was very, very good. Uh, then he grew up and I remember Wogan brought them all back again. They brought back Mark Lester and Jack Wilde and they reunited them for an Oliver thing. And, of course, Mark Lester is now six foot six and uh, Jack Wilde, of course, is, is dead. And at the time, he was, he was quite ill. I think he had the onset of uh, cancer. And he died after that. And then I thought, you know, Mark Lester, I think he's now a physiotherapist or something like that. And he's got his family. And then he comes out with Michael Jackson asked me for my sperm. You know, kind of thing over the dinner table. You know, you're sort of just, you know, just about to have another small sherry and something. Any chance of your sperm? And so he goes, I gave it as an act of friendship. If any of my friends are listening, no chance. All right, just like I tell you now, just in case people come up to you and go, any chance? No, there isn't. Okay. So he then gives him this sperm, and how, I've got no idea, presumably, and I'm saying presumably because I always thought that when you sort of, and we used to have a producer here, used to make money out of giving sperm, I think it paid, students, a lot of students do it, and they go to these sperm banks, and you get paid 45 quid a time, and you give a, and then it goes straight on ice, because you've got to preserve it, and I'm trying to think, if Mark Lester, what do you do, just give it to him in a test tube and there you go? Or is it properly done with ice? I mean, how it works, I've got no idea. Now, we don't know if uh, Michael Jackson then came back and said, OK, we have used it. So that's why 
Mark Lester, is saying that he may be the biological father of Paris. Now, as far as I'm concerned, if you're Paris and you're there and you've got your brother and then you've got poor, poor old Blanket, who appears to have come from somebody else, and there is a danger you're going to be split up anyway because they were saying, well, you know, maybe the original mother or the original father want two of the kids back, but they don't want Blanket. And now you've got Mark Lester coming out saying that he could be the father of Paris. These poor kids are screwed up and they haven't even reached, you know, middle age, haven't done anything, haven't even gone through childhood and already they're screwed up. What would be the problem would be that if Paris turns out to be Mark Lester's daughter, and to be honest with you, I think it's a bit tacky at this time to come up and say things like this. Because this poor little girl, I mean, she doesn't know. All of a sudden, here's this man who you think is your godfather, and all of a sudden he goes, oh, by the way, I'm your father. And you go, no, my father, Michael. But they don't know, they're, they're children. And it's just, just appalling. Anyway, so they think it's a, it's a possibility. I love this, he, he gave this sperm as a gift. Most people give a candle or a cake or something like that. I think I might change my whole raison d'etre on this. I might start giving different birthday presents to people. Mark the Bailiff says, did you get my photo? Absolutely. Say hello to Aaron, who's out with me today, because he, he goes around repossessing cars, and, of course, it's the best time to do it this time of the morning, when they're all fast asleep. So that works, isn't it, Mark? He goes round, and they identify the car. It must be great fun, actually. Because you watch people panicking, because it isn't a case of, uh, I'm going to take your car, and they get in the car and drive it away. They can't, because the bailiff's there, and he's already clamped it. So, in other words, they clamp it. I'm assuming that's how it worked, Mark. Uh, you then clamp, then you go to the house and you go, Hello, I'm here to collect £465. And they then go, Oh, well, sorry, mate, like people do because they've not seen the television programmes. And they go, Well, I've not got £465. And he then goes, Well, you know, I, I can't really help that. If I go away and come back, it goes up to £580, because each time the bailiff comes round, the money is added on. It's as simple as that. So, in other words, it's in your best interest to pay it. It's generally as a result of either an HP agreement or a parking ticket or a speeding fine, because once they put it in the hands of the bailiffs, it means that you've either chosen to ignore them, which is very unwise, because they will take the car. I'm assuming Mark, well, Mark's got a lorry. In other words, it's £460 now. I've seen people on the television go, wait a minute, I'll, f- I'll phone my, my brother, my mother, they'll phone anybody. They'll run to the bank machine, they'll get them... They'll, they always get the money. Funny that, isn't it? In which case, you know, they should have paid it before, saved themselves a small fortune. But they always think that they can get away with it. And, of course, you can't. You can't get away with it. Because there's always people like Mark sitting around the corner in his truck, just waiting to take your car away. And, of course, many of these people... I noticed the other day, came through Piccadilly Circus, and on the left-hand side, there's a thing that's got casino, but it looks like it's just a load of people drinking inside. And uh, always sort of, you know, drunks all out on the pavement and there's a kebab place opposite. I mean, it's a bit naff and tacky. But there's always illegal minicabs up there. The moment the police appear up there, the minicabs disappear. Because, A, they've got no tax, no insurance, no MOT. Most of them are convicted drug dealers, paedophiles, rapists. Very dangerous people. Very da- oh, they sell drugs, many of them. So what they do now is they park the cars around the corner and they stand outside this casino. And I've, I've been there and they get minicab. And if you say to it, do you have any, uh, any insurance? You know what, a minicab? And they're, they're very aggressive. They're very nasty people. So I've warned you before, do not get in illegal minicabs in London. Because otherwise, 
it gets very, very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Um, <laughs> thank you, Keith and Leighton. It's a very interesting show for a, a very t- interesting title for a West End show. It's ludicrous, isn't it? Some of the stories you read in the papers, I mean, it makes me laugh. I listen to Anthony doing them, and, uh, and, I, and I listen to some of the people who phone up overnight. I mean, some people phone up, they're quite balmy, you know. They're quite balmy. I mean, we are talking the do-wah-diddy-diddy-I'm-a-mushroom kind of brigade. There's some very... We said the other day on the programme, I said we couldn't find anybody... Who, uh, who was enthusiastic about Ronnie Biggs. Nobody. So you know the moment you say that, you're going to get a couple of barmies who are going to write in and go, I'm a big fan of Ronnie Biggs. And so this, this woman writes in and goes, I'm a big fan of Ronnie Biggs. I hope that he has a long and happy life with his family. You think, I'm sorry, as a result of his actions and the actions of the other men, a man died. Perhaps that's all right in your books. Perhaps that's all right. Because I don't see it as right. I don't see it as right that Ronnie Biggs, a convicted crook, only served 15 months and we're having to pay for his medical treatment. What about all the money that he milked off all the tourists out in Brazil? Because milk it, he did. Did he pay tax? I shouldn't think so. He's a crook, ladies and gentlemen. He's a crook who's not going to go to heaven. He's going straight down there because he's not paid his dues. You know, you don't mind if somebody pays their dues. Years ago, I was... Oh, dreadful, wasn't it? I was reading... um, No, it wasn't. I was watching a DVD and it was the David Dimbleby, how this land was formed and how... You know, everything came together. And there was one particular house, and in fact there were a number of houses, built by this builder during the uh, the times when they were going round, finding Catholics and killing them. And what this bloke built into the houses that he put together were hidey holes, priests' holes. And so in all these, in one particular house, I think there were six. One of them uh, was up inside the chimney, and that's where sort of Catholics would go and hide. The other one was where you lifted up the staircase... And he'd put a strong box in there so that they didn't look any further. But if you looked beyond the strong box, you could climb through into another room so the priest could hide in there. Uh, and it all worked very well until he got caught. And the, uh, the government and the, uh, the, the, um, the, um, the royal family of the day decided that he was going to end his life. So they took him and they tortured him. Then they cut him into four pieces, which was apparently quite normal. And when you see some of the pond life on the television nowadays, you wish we were operating a similar system. I mean, to be honest with you, every time I open up the papers, it's the same people. I, I do worry about it. Somebody here, I think it's um, Richard and Judy's daughter, whose name I can't remember. Is it Chloe? She's now said she thinks she's a nudist. She, wants, she can't wait to take her clothes off. Oh, yawn, 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 Chloe. How dull, dear. Is that because the TV career has gone nowhere? Don't want to sort of, you know, say, still, you know, living with mum and dad. But, you know, it's not going very well, is it? Not going very well at all. Jack Tweed faces eviction. He's a plank, isn't he, poor soul? Bless his heart. He does try, but, I mean, when you're thick and, uh, and you've been convicted twice and been in prison for being a nasty little piece of work, and now he hangs around with all those sort of page-free lovelies, because they're good. You get a good conversation out of page-free girls. They generally start off with, how rich are you? Which is quite good. And then secondly, of course, I'm, you know I'm going to sell my story to the paper, you know, because you're going to sleep with me. And then the rest of it, as they say, is history. It's marvellous. But, of course, footballers go out, don't they? And they seem, to, they seem to find these girls quite quickly. Mainly because they're in nightclubs. Mainly because... They're... I want to tell you who's got an album coming out. Alexandra. Alexandra Burke must have a... Sorry, not a nightclub. Must have an album coming out. Because they did a whole programme on the television on her, which was filmed after The X Factor, after she won. They followed her all the next morning. So it's all very carefully contrived. And I'm thinking there's an album out. There must be an album out. I feel very sorry for a family in the paper today. Really, very, very sorry. Their little pussycat went next door and was playing around in the garden and got eaten by a cobra, which was owned by the next-door neighbour. You thought it was going to have a happy ending. Sadly, there is no happy ending. They went round there. Luckily, this, this little pussycat was microchipped. 
So they were able to check as they ran the scanner down the side of the snake's body that it had, in fact, consumed their pet kitten. It was like that one in Australia, do you remember, where they had a little dog and this huge anaconda ate their dog and they, they heard the noise. They went in there just to see their dog's legs vanishing inside the mouth of this snake. It's not nice, is it? Just as you're about to start breakfast. 5.16. News headlines. It's claimed Britain is sleepwalking into a surveillance society. Figures show last year more than half a million requests were made by the authorities to snoop around in people's personal data. Almost 500 children were abducted in Britain last year and taken abroad. Figures obtained by The Guardian show an estimated 470 youngsters were reported to have been snatched in 336 separate cases. And it may have a a bit of an old-fashioned image, but demand for allotments is at an all-time high. More than 80,000 people are currently waiting for a plot of land to grow their own fruit and vegetables. That's according to the latest research. Bet Hugh Broom's got an allotment. But here he is with the travel for you this morning. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning uh, to Tooting, Upper Tooting Road. Point three. Witty on the wireless, I, mean, I ask you. And even she says it, which makes it even funnier. So she's here for the next two weeks, sitting in for O'Brien, who's off having, I don't know, emergency lipo, I thought, or something like that. I think he, he needs a little bit. Although he did say to me he was losing weight. He said, I've lost a bit of weight. I don't know where. I was looking at him thinking, like, difficult to tell, though, because he he, he's wearing the same clothes he was wearing five years ago, and there's, there's still, when he was very big, so they're a bit baggy, so it's a bit difficult to tell. Uh, Paris isn't Mark Lester, says D. Unless he was at a clinic and his sperm was frozen right away, he's discovered he likes publicity again. Actually, I tell you, D, uh, you know, you're right. If it was true, why tell the press? Why, why say something like that to upset a little girl who hasn't got the faintest idea? You know, it's, it's a nasty, horrible thing to do. Also, have you noticed that Uri Geller's crawled out of the woodwork again, talking about my friend Michael Jackson? What a pile of rubbish, Uri. Stop telling lies. You haven't spoken to him for about three or four years. You condemned him in the press for his so-called anti-Semitic remarks. It's just a load of old rubbish. Stop telling lies. Marge, there's a dreadful story in the paper today. How young do you think prostitutes are in this country? I mean... Yeah, you'd think 18, wouldn't you? 16, 17, 18. 12. We found one at 12 today. This girl uh, worked as a prostitute to buy sweets and crisps. And the reason she started working as a prostitute, horrendous though it might seem, is because her dad didn't give her enough money to buy the things her friends had. So she turned to prostitution. She started carrying out sexual favours for one man in her block up to a year ago. Word spread... And the next thing, she's got a queue outside the door. She's 12. They used to give her a smaller... This is in Islington, by the way. Classy Islington. Quite clearly the the paedophile capital of the world, I'm afraid. Her father, as a single parent, knew nothing about what she was doing. British-born, taken into care, and she's been uh, interviewed. I mean, anybody arrested over this could face child rape charges and a life sentence. They've slept with a 12-year-old, and they gave her money, sometimes as little as £5, so she could buy sweets and crisps. At 12. I bet all those men who see this story in the paper today are going, Dear God, I could be found. She could identify me. I hope she does. I hope she does, and I hope you're all named and shamed. And I bet you anything, most of them will be married men with children. I guarantee it. I'll put money on it. It's just that awful. Actually, I must have a quick check, actually, and find out what the, um, what the weather's going to be like today. I was having a chat to Richard Hake here earlier on, who went off to see somebody d- doing a, a Michael Jackson impersonation act. And it was at Oceana uh, in Kingston. It's OK, you know, if you like that kind of thing. But uh, they had to wait till after midnight for this bloke to come on and mime 
doing his Michael... But he's been booked for ages, apparently. There's obviously a huge demand for Michael Jackson impersonators. I shall be moonwalking around the studio a bit later on, getting my own act honed to perfection. And, uh, and they, they stood there, and he said it was all right, but he had a, a little clip microphone. They always have these clip-on microphones. But I said, listen, if you want to be a Michael Jackson impersonator, all you've got to do is just be able to go, ow, or whatever it is, only a little bit higher, because I can't do it. And then clutch your crutch and, and moonwalk with a hat on, with your hand, and that's, and that's Michael Jackson. You know, I mean, you don't have to do very much so that people know who you're doing. If I go, I've had a bit of trouble, everybody knows immediately it's Michael Crawford. If I go, I don't think one, you know, and you go, Prince Charles. You know, and if I go, all right, Steve, it's my milkman. You know, if I do these things, you know who these people are. So the weather forecast today, dry and fairly bright. Here we go, cloud thickening up after midday. Oh, blimey. Outbreaks of light rain or drizzle. It'll be warm. And tonight, patchy light rain continuing for a time, cloudy but dry after midnight. The lows... 18 centigrades. I went yesterday to, uh, is it Westfield? Westfield? Westlife? Westfield. Which is a shopping thing. Nobody ever goes there. Westfield, is it? I did say, well, I couldn't remember if it was Westlife or not. I don't remember they were a group. And um, and it was quite nice. It wasn't very busy. I had a nice nice lunch there at Balance, which is very good. And uh, they went shopping. Uh, They've got valet parking, which is all very nice and very posh. And it was it was very good. So had a nice time. But nobody's buying anything in there. You walk around. Nobody. We were the only ones with bags. Nobody else buys anything. People just go and have a look around the shops. We went into one shop. I have to tell you this because even I was a bit shocked. Uh, we went into Prada. You know, fool to ourselves. And uh, and they had some little suitcases. Now I kid you not. This little suitcase was, I don't know, about two foot tall by about probably about. Two foot wide, no, probably about three foot tall, about two foot wide. Quite nice Prada suitcase, Prada thing. So you take on, and you can probably use it as hand luggage if you're going abroad. So my friend said to me, he said, "How much do you reckon that is?" And I said, oh, "I don't know, four hundred and fifty." Thinking, you know, you can get them down Hounslow High Street for about twenty-five quid, but this is Prada. How much do you think? Nine hundred and ninety-five pounds for a suitcase. Whistle, I thought. And then I looked at a wallet because I was thinking of getting a new wallet, and all it is is a leather wallet with little compartments in it. Look like anybody else's. How much for a little leather wallet? I know you can get them, you know, from as little as three or four quid or five quid. You know, I mean, if, if I spent 40 quid on a leather wallet, I'd think that was pricey. In Prada, 175 quid. Small wonder nobody's buying them around there. Just 170, I mean, you know. Although, actually, having told you that, I did just buy yesterday a Mont Blanc pen. I have bought a Mont Blanc pen. Actually, I, bought, I do have three Mont Blanc pens. I quite like them. But this, this one comes with a story to it, which I'll tell you about later. But I thought, 175 quid for a wallet. I thought there wouldn't even be that much money in it. How could you have a wallet that costs more than the amount of money in there? Doesn't make any sense, does it? No sense at all. Uh, there's a, a new thing now. You can uh, get yourself touched up on holiday. This is airbrushing on Facebook. They've now got a new sort of thing on there. So, in other words, if you're a bit of a lardy, you can just do a little bit of airbrushing and you can make yourself look terribly attractive. Unfortunately, it only works for certain people. It's not going to work for Kerry Katona. It really isn't going to work for her. It's not going to work for anybody else. Uh, but it works for certain people. I don't know why, you know, you all of a sudden want to sort of airbrush yourself. Although, having said that, I was airbrushed on my uh, Steve Allen show brochure. In fact, we were quite well airbrushed. <laughs> uh, Ken has sent in a picture of him and the wife on holiday. Uh, slight problem with facial hair, I think, for the wife there, Ken. Just a little bit. Good one of you, though. Very good one of you. But the wife, I think, a little bit. I think a little bit more of the veet. I think she might need to bathe in the stuff, I think, to actually get rid of that. I mean, I don't mind people with moustaches. My Auntie Enid herself is uh, sporting a rather nice uh, bushy moustache at the moment. It's not intentionally, you understand. Just she hadn't shaved for a little while, poor soul. Uh, Another one here. Enjoyed your interview with Casey Ainsworth. 
And Angela says, exactly what I was thinking. Is Mark Lester revealing this strange bit of news? I wish he hadn't told us. I mean, it's not a starting point of conversation this Monday morning. He's also put his daughter in the paper as well. He's now holding her up and saying, don't you think she looks similar? So on the front of the Daily Express, you know, uh, there's Mark Lester with his daughter Harriet. And you think, she doesn't look at all like Paris. I just don't know why you're doing it. I mean, it's just, he says it will prove that the Jacko girl is mine. What do I do? Go around and snatch her or something? I find this a very, very odd. Last night, another of Jackson's friends, what a load of old rubbish, uh, spoon-bending magician, Yuri Geller, says, I'm not surprised. I knew about this all along because Michael and I spoke about it. Michael told me about his decision. He told you nothing. Stop being so stupid, honestly. It's just garbage. But as I said to you before, you can say anything when somebody's dead. Michael Jackson used to phone me all the time. I'd be at home and he'd go, Hi, Steve. I go, Mike, not now. Busy. All right, busy. Call me later. Put the phone down. They all do it. Um, what else is there today? Apparently, there's a, a multi-million pound scheme to steer young people away from extremism. We'll focus mainly on threats from the far right. That's good news. And uh, here's Ronnie Biggs celebrating his 80th birthday. Isn't it funny? An old crook like that, and we now hail him as a celebrity. What a pile of rubbish, isn't it? What a pile of rubbish. Actually, if you can't sleep... And I know many of you have trouble sleeping. Cherries. Cherries are the way forward. I didn't realise it before. See, I used to think that a glass of wine before you went to bed was a good idea, but apparently it's not, because it keeps the brain active. So what you need is something like cherries. They say this wonderful fruit, because it's got quantities of melatonin. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried melatonin, but you ask any American celebrity what they take with them. You can go and buy it in chemists over there quite easily uh, if they're doing flights around the world. And the answer is melatonin, because it means that you can sleep and it gets your body back to normal. And apparently cherries, never even heard this before, uh, have got it in there. Last year, uh, we reported that a tumbler of diluted cherry juice offers a better protection against cancer, heart disease and strokes than more than 20 typical fruit and vegetables. So now, we've, we've, we've had this before, haven't we? We've had it with all the soft fruits. We've had it with blackberries. We've had it with, um, what are those other things? Ocean spray. What's that? Cranberry. Everybody went berserk for cranberry juice. Then it turns out it's a load of old rubbish. Apparently cranberry juice is no better for you than sucking on a banana. So, uh, so people stop taking cranberry juice. And I say the only way to do that is to have it with a vodka, which is quite nice. But now, now cherries. Well, we've all been eating cherries for years. What they've what obviously got is they've got a glut of cherries and they've got to get rid of them. In other words, you look in the... Sh- have you seen the price of cherries? They're not cheap. Just have to check with my friend Paul Cooper. And uh, he'll, he'll tell me how much he's actually paying for, for cherries. So now they're obviously saying cherries are the best thing for you. And so people will automatically start going out there eating cherries because they think that you're actually going to sort of live longer and it's going to stave off cancer. I don't think it is. I absolutely don't think it is, I'm afraid, at all. The top ten intelligent breeds will come to a little bit later on. They're now saying that a dog is as brainy as a two-year-old child. And to be honest with you, I've seen them on one man and his dog, and some of them are very, very good. Very, very good indeed. Although, I must tell you a story. Yeah, very, very quickly. Um, A friend of a friend has a dog... It's, uh, it's a Cocker Spaniel. And this Cocker Spaniel... What would you do? This is the dilemma. This Cocker Spaniel he treats as a child. OK? This, this Cocker Spaniel sleeps in the bed. This Cocker spa- Everything. I mean, literally treats it as a child. You know you've seen the programmes on the television with people with monkeys and they look after they put little nappies on them. He's the same with this dog. Anyway, last week, uh, his, his dog is downstairs. He goes downstairs and he lies down on the floor next to it. And he kisses it. 
You know, because some people kiss dogs. The dog opens its eyes and takes his nose off. OK, he's got blood everywhere. He has to go to hospital. They've had to repack his nose and everything else. What would you do? Would you have the dog put down and say, listen, you can't have this around children because it's now tasted blood? Or would you go, it was just one of those things? Detail soon. LBC 97 points of someone's life changing. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's Monday morning. LBC 97.3 in the time now for Clock Watchers, 5.30. I sometimes think we should have an orchestra in the side of the studio just to make it more interesting for people. I always wanted to do that. Uh, anyway, it's nice to be company. Welcome along. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's so infuriating, isn't it? Somebody quite chirpy first thing in the morning. You just want to kill. You know, you wake up and think, oh, stop it. Nobody's entitled to be that chilly, that, that, that sort of, you know, chirpy first thing in the morning. So what would you do with the dog? Dilemma, isn't it? They've got children. Would you then go, I'm terribly sorry, but no matter how close you're to the, you are to the dog, you've got to have it put down. Or do you go, well, it was just a one-off, perhaps it was frightened or something like that. But this, was a, this is like monkeys. I remember somebody saying the other day, oh, I've got a picture somewhere, long distance memories of, the, of me taken with a chimpanzee when I went to the circus. You know, in those days you could have your picture taken and you, they put up the chimpanzee and it hung on round your neck and you had a picture taken. Well, of course, it wasn't until I saw the... Uh, the Attenborough programme that I realised because I just thought chimpanzees just ate bananas. I thought that's what they eat. I thought, oh, that's nice. You give them an orange or a banana and they'll sit there quite happily. Oh, no, 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 no. They're carnivores. Chimpanzees, they had them. They were fantastic. I mean, I say fantastic because it was quite horrendous to watch. But uh, Attenborough is filming this troupe of chimpanzees and they obviously decided they had to eat. Well, they weren't going to sit around with a banana or an orange, let me tell you. They were going hunting for other monkeys to eat. And it was a coordinated attack. The, some chimpanzees go up in the trees, others walk along the ground, and they direct where to go. And what they do is they corralled this set of, I think they were capuchin monkeys, in a tree. Now, quite clearly, the capuchin monkeys know exactly what's going on because chimpanzees are a little bit bigger, and they realised that something was going to happen, and they're, going, they're throwing themselves off, they're doing anything to get away. And the chimpanzees coordinate this attack and they showed it on this Attenborough programme. And at one point, once they then isolated the monkey that they were going for, they were up those trees like there's no tomorrow. They literally got it at the end of a branch, grabbed it, ripped its arms out, and they eat it alive. And you think... And you have people who keep monkeys. And then they wonder. You look at their teeth. You know, you're not going to sort of be friendly with a gorilla, are you? You're going to look at the size of these silverbacks. And I've seen them. By God, they're powerful. They, I fed them down at the zoo, and I've fed a troop of males. Oh, my God, these things are huge. Not only huge, they're all muscle. Apparently, if everyone charges, you're supposed to just stand there. Yeah, right. I don't think so. Run like hell. It's like they always say, if ever a, a lion... Because you've got to watch lions. Lions don't attack from the front. They attack from the back. And there was a guy on the... What was he called? He was called the Lion Man or something. It was a documentary. And he's with these lion cubs... And one of them kept walking round the back. And he said, what it's doing, it's trying to jump on my back to bring me down. So as long as you've got your back against the wall, he said, you're fine with these things. I thought, God, and they say, don't run. Don't run. First thing I do, run. And then you suddenly realise all these things see you as is a bit of prey and they want to bring you down. Uh, so what would you do with the dog? I would say, put it down. I wouldn't even risk it round children. Dave says, can we send pictures to you now? 
I might send you some of me at Amsterdam's Pride weekend that I went to last weekend. You can see how handsome I am. He's now driving to work to fly to serve. So there you go. Yes, send in some pictures, because we were asking people to put up on our rogues gallery, and there are some up already. On uh, If you go to uh, the LBC website, forward slash Steve Allen, then you can, it'll take you to the Steve Allen rogues gallery, and you can add yourself. You've got to send your pictures to me here, steve at lbc.co.uk. And then what's, what Adrian will do is have a quick look at them, decide if you're attractive enough to go on the site, and, uh, and then he puts you up there. And then you're there for ever and a day, which would be lovely. So why don't you do that now? Take a picture of yourself, preferably not in the shower. We can live without that kind, thank you. But uh, anything else? And send it to steve at lbc.co.uk. Why is it I feel physically sick every time I see Yuri Geller on the television talking about Michael Jackson? Talk about trying to milk it. Awful. Um, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, best cure for insomnia, says Christina, is Peter Andre's new single. I couldn't disagree there. <laughs> uh, another one. Actually, strangely enough, are you the only... I can't be the only person thinking about Peter Andre and thinking, I'm sorry, why is he behaving like is he some important person? He was just some fat bloke whose career had finished. He was working a gymnasium, met her on a reality show. They get married and it revitalises both their career. He's got no talent. He's behaving like an idiot. Mind you, she's even more stupid. She's in the papers today saying, I'll take a lie test to crush Peter. Because you've only, if, I tell you, if you really want to wind Jordan up, OK? You ready? I'm going to wind, wind her up now. OK, I hear Peter Andre's been seeing Chantel and they're very, very close. <laughs> you watch. That'll have her incandescent with rage. She's going to take a lie detector test, she says, to prove that she hasn't cheated. The trouble is she's so stupid, nobody's ever suggested that she's cheated at all. It's only in her own little tiny mind. So you've only got to say, and, and it's a bit embarrassing really, to say that he's seeing Chantel. He's not. They're with the same agent. And they're trying to get Chantel coverage. And it's a bit difficult when you've got no, no talent or anything like that to try and get... So, so you have to link them with somebody else who's got no talent. And that's the problem. It's like, and I don't want to be rude, because I quite like her. Alexandra Burke, they were saying on this programme, she's going to be a huge international star. No, she's not. It's as simple as that. She's very sweet. She'll have an album out. She's had the single. I mean, let's face it, we've waited since God created the earth for the album because the single came out at Christmas. Where are we now? August. How long does it take? Answer is, it takes forever to get something right. And all they want to do is shift albums. She's not a major star to be reckoned with. She's very good, but she's not got that world-class thing. And it's very sweet to have all these people saying that and say, I think we're... Because Simon does it very, very strangely, very funny. He sort of goes, I think we're witnessing the birth of an international superstar. And I'm thinking, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're witnessing the birth of somebody who's going to flog a few albums for you. That's what you're witnessing the birth of. And that's what I like. Because I love being... I love being manipulated by television programmes. I just love it. I love watching... You know, people like Danny Minogue sitting there thinking, I wish I wasn't so old and had so much Botox and I could move my face more. And I love Cheryl Cole thinking, you know, it's so great when people ask me my opinion about records because I've never actually, you know, sung on anything. And she's got such a feminine voice, hasn't she? And then I look at poor old Vicky Beckham and uh, she's flown into one place and he's gone somewhere else. And, and she gets off the plane looking like a 50-year-old woman. She's wearing a tailored suit She's only like 36, 34, I think. No, 36, 35. And she's wearing clothes suitable for much older ladies. And, and all she does, she's always got this hand up to her ear. 
don't know if she's got tinnitus or something, or perhaps she's lost a cotton bud in there, but she's always got a hand up. Perhaps she thinks that's a good look. She's piled her hair up on top of her head in the Croydon facelift, the chavvy look. She's got this pencil-thin skirt. It's just not appropriate. The trouble is, the thing that sets her apart from other people is she's got the old trailer trash tattoo on her wrist. And that's the thing that sets her apart from other people. It's a bit nav. You know, tattoos are very sweet, provided you can't see them. It's like Cheryl Cole the other day was mentoring, I think, Alexander Burt. And Cheryl Cole's got tattoos as well. It's so trailer trash. And here's old Vic Beckham, who can't get arrested for a gig in America. I mean, she's tried everything. She tried the clothes designer. She tried being an international jet setter. And she flies all over the place, but she doesn't actually do anything. Whereas Dave seems to be off doing his own thing. They seem to have separate lives. But that's OK. It seems to work for them. Oh, Michael Jackson finally laid to rest. They're not going to tell you where, but I'll tell you now. It's in... Uh, Forest lawns, okay, in America. The trouble is you can't just wander in there and have a look. And surprisingly, Jacko's sister, barking mad Latoya, I mean, she, I could tell you stories about Latoya and about one of her marriages that uh, you'd be going, oh, you are are so naughty telling us that. Anyway, she's got a new CD, Home. It's in tribute to him. No, it's not. It's a load of old baloney. It's in tribute to her bank manager. It's trying to make some money. And uh, and also trying to, to sort of push her forward as a force to be reckoned with. The trouble is, she's mad as a bloody brush. She can't help it. It's just the way she is. Apparently, Michael Jackson wrote tormented poetry during his last uh, nightmare hour. Do you think Yuri Geller knew about that? Shouldn't think so. Doesn't seem to know anything at all, does he, really? And uh, surprisingly, John Prescott's uh, wife, Pauline, who's an amazing 70, doesn't look it, 70, uh, has signed a deal which will lift the lid on her 48-year marriage to the former deputy PM, or how I managed to stay with somebody, otherwise be going, Pauline who? So she stayed with him while he had an affair. Although, who on earth would be, uh, you know, we always, I always used to like John Prescott, but he just got fatter and fatter and more, more aggressive, I'm afraid. But the book is called Life with John. It will cover his two-year affair with Tracy Temple, which was exposed by the Mirror in 2006. That's good, isn't it? They're lovely. They now, they're so desperate for money, they've got to write a book about an affair because her fat husband went out there and cheated on his wife. And, of course, most politicians' wives do not divorce the husbands because that's the only thing that they know. They, can't, they couldn't actually cope with life without the husband. They need the husband to give them the credibility. That's how it works, I'm afraid. Nice to see that Richard Hammond otherwise known as the, uh, the hamster, was involved in a four-car pile-up in his favourite supercar yesterday. Is it about time we just took him off the road? He's a danger to everybody, as far as I'm concerned. He was on his way home after a flying lesson. Dear God, don't let him fly planes as well. I've seen him in that thing, you know, where it just sort of goes... Oh, awful. Accidents all over the place. And now another one, Richard. You shouldn't really be behind the wheel, should you? I think they should make you take another test. Uh, we've got uh, 2,000 quid to give away in our How Low... You know, this week, it's £2,000 cash. If you're not booked a holiday, you could phone up Simon Calder next week and you could go, where could I go for two grand? It could send you all over the place. You could buy new clothes for the summer, quite a lot of new clothes, or put it towards a car or save it just for a rainy day. My advice would be save it for a rainy day, but just look at it every so often. Lowest unique bid will win for the £2,000. Lowest bid in pence, nobody else makes. Auction closes 6pm this Friday. You text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send that to treble eight two one. So LBC, then your bid in pence, and you send it to treble eight two one. Okay, the bid will cost one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at six p.m. on Friday, the fourteenth of August. It'll be with uh, James Whale. Uh, you must be over sixteen. Go to lbc.co.uk 
her full terms and conditions. So good luck. £2,000 cash. Nobody would turn that down, would they? I'd love £2,000 cash. That'd make me very, very happy. Uh, Steve, uh, this is uh, my son Joseph, who loves listening to you at 5am. And we've had a picture of Joe. Look at that. Look at that little. you got little cheeky cheese. <laughs> very cute. And look at this. At this time of the morning, that's never been taken now, is it, Joseph? Thank you, Adam, very much indeed. I shall pass it on to the respective people. If you've got a picture that you want to send us of yourself, no good sending pictures in of other people, and we don't do airbrushing, well, some of you have done airbrushing, then uh, do please uh, send them in to steve at lbc.co.uk. Peter Andre's new single, apparently, is called Behind Closed Doors. You only wish, says Anne, that he and Jordan had stayed there instead of annoying us with their so spontaneous photo sessions. I totally agree. Totally agree. Bored with them. Two untalented, deeply unattractive, failed old has-beens, boring us completely with their dull lies. What with them and Ronnie Biggs, a convicted crook who ran away like the proverbial girl's blouse with his skirt tucked in his knickers, ran away after serving only 15 months, and then, because he becomes ill, we have to put up with him. Oh, well. There obviously isn't a god, I don't think. 16 minutes to uh, 6 is the time. More stories from the papers. Don't forget, we take all your texts and emails. 84850-steve-at-lbc.co.uk. These are the headlines you're waking up to. Officials in Mallorca say they don't think recent bomb blasts on the island are designed to harm local people or tourists. Three explosions went off in the capital, Palma, yesterday. Nobody was hurt. We're being warned the world's rising population could cause a food shortage in the future. The government's laying out its long-term strategy today for supporting British farmers and keeping the rest of us fed. And most middle-aged women think they drink more than their mothers did. A study suggests 51% have a tipple at least twice a week. Good grief. Got to check on the state of the roads for you this morning. It's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Uh, some good news, actually. We'll start with the fact that the... Every 13 minutes to uh, six, apparently. I must tell you this, because it, it just makes you die with laughter. Peter Andre signed a cookery book deal. <laughs> what, beans on toast? Cheese on toast. What do you reckon? Most of it. Most of it. We, apparently, on top of this, he's busy promoting his comeback single. Bear in mind, he's not been in the charts for about 500 years. And, of course, he doesn't want to talk about Katie Price. Unfortunately, Pete, nobody's interested in your singing career. Nobody's interested. Anyway, apparently... Uh, Katie stuck the carving knife into Pete yesterday as she put on a united front with her man Alex Reed at a hotel. They quashed rumours that their relationship is on the rocks by attending the wedding again of dreary NAF couple Gary Cockrell and Phil Turner. They must need the money because it was filmed to a living magazine. I'm assuming a living uh, television. I'm assuming they must be running out of money. Anyway, one can only wish them the very best. And hope that their dreary lives in the company of Jordan sort of disappear very, very quickly. Oh, and good, uh, Gavin and, Char- and Charlotte are back. So that's good, isn't it? Gavin and Charlotte. They had a big bust up at a hotel, so back to form then. She apparently, I mean, they've not been actually seen or heard of for ages and ages. They had a blazing row when Gavin refused to dance with his wife. You remember Gavin, don't you? Gavin was a rugby player, but Gavin used to wear a lot of makeup, you know, and people used to think he was a little bit, you know, like that. And then he, and then he sort of, they're not married. They've just got children. I don't know why they've not married. And her parents used to own a hotel in Cardiff, I think. And it was, it was one of the classy ones. I think their, their furniture was just screwed to the floor as opposed to sort of stuck to it. Let's say people picking it up and throwing it through windows. But uh, anyway, they had this, this dreadful sort of bust-up, which they used to have before. So it either means that they've started drinking again or they're desperate for publicity. But either way, I find it quite entertaining. I like it. 
Um, apparently, uh, bowing and scraping to the Queen is now banned by health and safety. Very shortly, you won't be allowed to go outside your house because it'll just be too dangerous. Far too dangerous. Dreadful, isn't it, really? So, in other words, when, when people sort of bow to the Queen and walk backwards, that means that you could fall over. I'm surprised council officials actually ever get anything done at all because there's so many rules and so many bits of red tape now. You can't do anything at all. This, do you remember this allotment story I told you a while ago? I'm sure that's old. I'm sure the allotment society were telling us that ages ago that people were, were now craving because they wanted to grow their own vegetables and stuff like that because it was too expensive in the shops. Because, strangely enough, James Whale brought me in a marrow yesterday and sort of presented me with this huge thing and said, there we go, if you had, and then I got recipes for, for marrow, and I've never eaten marrow, it didn't quite appeal to me. And apparently you sort of peel it, and then you sort of cut it in half, take the seeds out, and then you put mincemeat in the middle. It sounded quite nice, but I'm not... It, this thing is enormous. Absolutely, and I've never seen a thing the size of it before. And obviously some people uh, like it. Also, Planet of the Apps. And uh, this is uh, all the people. My uh, my bank manager phoned me yesterday. She's very excited. She's just got an iPhone, the new iPhone. And some friends of mine in Vienna sent me an email saying, oh, we're very pleased now. We've actually got an iPhone. And they're very happy. And they've got the old thing in the paper today. Roswin Jones has got the um, the free pint. where you, it, It's an application that you buy and you tip the, the phone to one side and the pint goes down. I mean, it's been around for about the past, well, I had it. I think about two years ago, but the sun, they, sorry, the mirror, have only just cottoned onto it. But we all do, we've all got applications on iPhones. And the only reason is that it's got just about everything on here. So we've all got the, uh, you know, the, the Star Wars things, which everybody likes. You know, when you go, you know, people like that sort of, thank you very much indeed. It's lovely, isn't it? So you get all this sort of thing, or failing that, if you really want to take somebody out, you know, which we love. So you've got all of those sort of things. And then for some reason... I don't know why, when I kept putting all these applications on it, I've got a game with a helicopter, uh, I've got a retro phone, I've got a night camera, uh, I've also got, what else did I put on it? Oh, there's the Annoy a Teen thing, which is very good, which we like, and I've also got, don't ask me why you download these things, I've got the, uh, the drum kit as well, but for the life of me, I can't remember, oh, that's better, that's why. Why you'd ever want that on a phone, I've got no idea. But everybody downloads things, plus... I've got a thing that will tell you how to find restaurants, uh, which is very good indeed, which is called Urban Spoon. And many of them are free. So people download all these applications. You can get LBC on your iPhone as well, and loads of other phones. But it's worth getting, which is very, very good indeed. Well worth getting. I see Shelley, Jim Shelley, writing in the mirror today. Not very keen on um, Nick Knowles. He actually calls him DIY SOS Dullard, Nick Knowles. A man whose only qualifications for a wildlife show seems to be he thinks he looks good in a crocodile Dundee hat. Because <laughs> he does wear them quite a lot now. Oh, there are stories about Nick Knowles. Oh, Nick Knowles. Uh, <laughs> where do I begin? Where do I begin? Uh, and apparently Britain is now a big brother state. Now, this again is an old story. I remember on LBC, and I think Nick probably did it. I think they, they worked out that driving in from Slough to the centre of London, you were seen by something like 600 cameras. There are 600 cameras because... And I know from when I used to work at New Scotland Yard... Don't say anything. Uh, well, so I was working at LBC at the same time. We used to have the traffic cameras and you would key in. And they've got them upstairs as well. You key in a number. We, we could control them. We could actually move the cameras on the joysticks. And then they've got the criminal cameras. And we could sit there and you could home in on somebody at Piccadilly Circus. You wouldn't know the camera's there because they're way up on the buildings. But you can home it. You can see people in their cars. You could take a photograph. 
So it's dead easy to catch. That's why it always makes me laugh. When you get people that sort of think they're going to get away with a perfect crime, it's never perfect. The only reason you'd ever have a perfect crime is if nobody ever knew about it. But people can't keep quiet about this sort of thing. So they have to tell you about their, uh, about their crime. And you're always caught on camera, either inside the shop, outside the shop, or, you know, any every, every which way but loose. Oh, we've got racing news as well today. I think Phil Blacker is back from his sojourn. Sojourn. Uh, weather again, odd. Sunday, was that summer on Saturday, says Noreen? Actually, yesterday was lovely. Saturday was very nice, because, you know, we went to South End, and that was, that was particularly nice. And uh, we have to, the endurance, she says, of waiting for someone, the gas board, to come and look at our boiler that's leaking. Oh. Due between 8 and 1, probably come about 5pm. Why can't you get people to come at a certain time? It drives me mad as well. She says, hope your breakfast was good. I had steak and potatoes. I had a rump steak over sauté potatoes with some little chilli. It was delicious, actually. It was very nice. Uh, Terry says, it's about time the Madeleine McCann fiasco was looked into. It, it does seem to be going on, doesn't it? Now we're looking for this Victoria Beckham look-alike. I mean, the whole thing has just turned into a, a bit of a farce. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think that we're going to find Madeleine McCann. They keep thinking, yes, we are, and I keep thinking, no, you're not. If somebody wanted to snatch this child, they would just disappear. They're not going to make it easy for anybody. So I just don't believe it, I'm afraid. I just don't believe it. I just think you're not going to find her again. I've got no idea where I think she is. I, I don't think she's alive. But there again, I don't think many other people think she's alive either. And I think the McCanns are, are clinging on to this hope. But the trouble is, it's now got past that stage. It's years. And still we've got people coming up saying, oh, I saw this one. Well, you, I don't believe them. I do not believe these people. You just can't remember all these years later something. I've said before, I can't remember. You remember, you know, a week. Did you see this woman a week last Tuesday? No. How are you going to remember from years ago? The answer is you're not. People make it up, and so they then waste more money. And they have to, you know, go out there and obviously investigate anything, because there might be that opportunity that means that, that you, you, you're going to find her. But I just don't think after this amount of... Also, how would you recognise her? I've still got the same old picture in my mind of, of the one that keeps being issued. You've got no idea what she looks like now. No matter how many times they say, well, she might look like this. She might have had different hair colour. She could be speaking another language. How would you know? wouldn't know at all. Nick Ferrari is going to be talking about the confusion continuing at the moment, which is uh, who's running the country in Gordon Brown's absence. Nick asks if the Prime Minister should be taking a month off at all, given the state of the country. Plus, William Haig will be joining Nick to discuss the possibility of British complicity in overseas torture. Can it ever be justified? And following reports that the British actress Amanda Redmond's been lying about her age, apparently she's knocked two years off, or it might be three years, Nick wants to know why women do it. I think men do it as well. I think men do it. I don't say why it should just be women doing it. And the answer is that if, if people sort of knock... Because I used to do it years ago. I'd say to somebody, oh, I'm so-and-so, and they used to go, you don't look your age. Now I've given up telling them because they don't say that anymore. They don't go, oh, you don't look your age. Because I'm not really sure what you're supposed to look like at a certain age. You know, if you're... I see people on the television and you sort of... I was play a game something. I think, right, how old are they? They'll be on the weakest link or something like that. And, uh, and you'll see somebody there and I think, I bet they're about 62. And they'll go, I'm 34. And you think, God, blimey, you've had a hard life. There's a new face cream out now, which apparently is so popular... That uh, there's a there's a hundred people waiting in Selfridges. They put their name down. It's two hundred and fifteen pounds, and apparently it halts the aging process. Let me tell you now, it doesn't. I have been using the Boots Guarantee to take away your wrinkle cream for the part well since it was launched. No difference whatsoever. Maybe under an electron microscope, 
things might have changed, but I promise you, I still look exactly the same age I did when I started using it. But just in case it worked, I bought ten bottles of it. Just in case. Now I've started giving it away to friends, so they get very excited, thinking that they're going to look young as well. But of course, as I don't look young, you know, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Uh, Signature. That's the only Michael Jackson tribute act. And they're going to be... uh, Doing the official Michael Jackson tribute concert in Austria with Jermaine Jackson. Oh, God, I'd stay well away from Jermaine Jackson. The whole Jackson family are barking. I do like Signature, actually. I do like And i tell you why I like Signature. Because I just thought they were funny first time round. But I thought it was, it was the Michael Jackson bit at the beginning, wasn't it? And then, then you get that fantastic Sikh dance. I just love that bit. Because I, th- I love that. I tell you, I could dance to Bangra all night. I'm the only person I know around here with Bangra discs on my iPod. I download Bangra albums. I've got it all, me. Unfortunately, a little bit too old to be doing the Michael Jackson thing. But, uh, as I say, all you've got to do is be able to get your voice very high, scream a bit, grab your crutch, and, uh, and moonwalk. And I can't do any of those things. Well, the second one I can do, but that's private between me and, uh, me and my trousers, I'm afraid. Listen, what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break for the news. We'll take some more of your uh, uh, emails and texts. This uh, typhoon, I don't know if you've seen the pictures on the television, in uh, China, buildings, entire buildings collapse. When we were out in Hong Kong, a long, long time ago, uh, we had a typhoon there, Typhoon Mary, and buildings swayed. I promise you, buildings swayed. Just absolutely unbelievable. You would watch a building move. It literally moved from side to side. I mean, now they build it in. But these were buildings in Hong Kong in the days when they built them and the scaffolding was bamboo poles. I kid you not, I've seen whole buildings clad in the same scaffolding that we have over here, only over there made of bamboo. It's the only place where you see women building roads. Women build roads out there because people look like people. Over here, nobody wants to look aged. Over there, people look their age. And you see women. We used to see women with their big coolie hats on, with the bamboo poles, carrying rocks and boulders and everything else. Quite normal. Quite normal. Over here, can you imagine if you actually... Why is it that only men do the roads? I'm sure there must be loads of women out there who think, I'd like to build roads, I'd like to do a motorway bridge. You don't see it here. I've never once been past roadworks and seen, and seen women working on them. Why is that? Do you think it's because all the men working on it are terribly sexist? Join in London's biggest conversation. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. It's Monday. Traditionally the day you absolutely hate. I know you don't want to get out of bed. I think you'd probably go, why can't I just pull the duvet over my head and forget about that stupid alarm clock? But you can't. You've got to get up. Because once you're actually up, I promise you, take my word for it, once you're up and you've had a shower and a shave if you're a man, or some, some women listening if you've had a shave as well, uh, and a cup of tea, I promise you, you'll feel much better about it. At this precise moment, getting out of bed is the big problem. But come on, it's Monday. It's going to be a great day, he says, fingers crossed. Here comes the news. Hello. Morning, everybody. Seven minutes past six. I know it's Monday. I know it's horrible. And I know it might rain later. And I know you don't want to go anywhere. I wish I, I was just strangely, I just nipped on to uh, Signature's official website, Malik. Just had a quick look at it, you know. Nice. Very good, actually. Very good indeed. So, uh, and I was just saying, actually, you have to sort of check them out on YouTube. Just type in Signature on YouTube. You can have a look. It's terribly funny. Very, very funny indeed. So, uh, good luck over in uh, Austria. I can't bear Jermaine Jackson. I'm terribly sorry. I don't like any of the Jackson family. I think they're all just milking it for, for all they can get. I'm terribly sorry. I just get very funny about it. Uh, Vincent Redding. Thank you very much indeed, who loves the uh, the show, and so you should, because you're in Reading. I know Reading very well, actually. I go down there quite a bit. Uh, Steve, 
I've been listening to you go on about your iPhone for ages, says David, and I finally succumbed and got one. So there you go. It's brilliant. Hours of fun with it. Keeps me occupied on the dreaded 159 bus to Oxford Street. Bring back the Route Masters. I love the Route Master. You can get the Route Master, you know. It's one that goes down to Tower Hill. It's well worth getting. I mean, I just, I just sometimes do it just for fun. Just for fun. Because it just... I don't know why. It just seems a bit strange. It's one of these things. When you get to a certain age, you just want to do something. You know, just getting on a bus seems like a simple pleasure, doesn't it? I don't know why. I'm glad you're having fun with the phone. Everybody else seems to be having fun with them as well. Even people who've not got one. And uh, a great app for the iPhone, which your godchildren would love, is uh, Malcolm Mushroom. <laughs> I don't think I've heard of that one. It's an interactive book with pictures and sounds. When you press the pictures, it makes sounds. E.g., if you press the policeman, he says, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Not really sure I want to go down that route, actually. And, uh, and Gary says, well, I've had a shave and a shower and a cup of tea, and I wish I was going back to bed again. This is after I said, listen, I promise you, if you actually get up and you have a shave and you get in the shower and then you have a cup of tea, you'll feel better. He says, also, I wish I could have photoshopped myself in the rogues gallery. It was 5.30 when I took the picture. What excuses? Because we're looking for your pictures to put on the Steve Allen rogues gallery. All you have to do is take a picture on your phone and then just send it in to me. Steve at lbc.co.uk. And, uh, and then if, if Adrian likes it... He will actually uh, put it up on the Rogues Gallery, which you can find if you go to the LBC website. So it's lbc forward slash lbc.co.uk forward slash Steve Allen. OK. Um, Mitch says, wasn't it only a few weeks ago the news was saying how much food we waste? Now we're being told we need to produce more. Every, t- every time I open up the paper, there's always something we're not doing right. Do you remember at one time, drink more tea? Now we say, don't drink more tea. It's got tannin in it. At one time, you know, eat loads of broccoli. So I'm eating loads of broccoli. I'm eating enough broccoli to save a nation. And I don't feel any better. You know, don't eat this, it's bad for you. I sometimes wonder why we can't go back to the days when we just ate what we eat. It's now, I mean, every time I go through the fridge at the end of the week, I throw out half my fridge. Because most of it has gone off by the sell-by. And they're now saying, on sell-by dates, because I look at them, come on, you must do the same. Don't bother looking at the sell-by date. Smell it. If you open a product and smell it. I'm not advocating you walk around the supermarkets opening product. But we all, we all open it. Chicken is the worst thing. You can smell off chicken. Can't you smell it? Poof, dear. Smells like it's going to walk out the box by itself. Declan says, I used to tell people the wrinkles around my eyes were laugh lines. Until my wife said, nothing is that funny. And Dee says, I had the boot stuff. Made my face itch. I do have very sensitive skin, though. If I won 30 million, I still wouldn't pay 200 pounds on a face cream or 10 grand on a bag. I totally agree. I always think it's 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 the old gag about cocaine. You know, you take it's God's way of telling you you're earning too much money. You know, if you can afford to do cocaine, and you do see women with these handbags. Isn't it Victoria Beckham has got a handbag that costs is it 30,000 pounds? Something absolute. Hello, pretty. What are you doing? Do you know, I thought about you last night. Isn't this bizarre? How odd is... I don't know. I'm having very strange deja vu here. You've not got the shorts on again, have you? Oh, disappointment. But uh, anyway, no, very strange. I was thinking about people. So I came in yesterday and Phil was in. And then... And I thought about last night. And for some... I don't know why. I thought about you again last night. You turned up in Richmond. Because Michael Trabulsi threatened to turn up in Richmond as well. He said, we'll go for lunch. Ooh, scary. All these people who work here. Anyway... So, if you have an allotment, and Keith says, I guess most people that have an allotment are retired. Uh, if my dad put his name down, he'd be 112. <laughs> uh, do you inherit allotments? Because that's what I don't know. 
I'm not sure if you inherit allotments or if you just, you, you know, you, you put your name down and then they, they say, all right, you can have an allotment. Because I quite like the idea. There's some lovely ones. When I go home on the train this morning, there's a nice one and I can't remember where it is. But on the right-hand side, in the winter, it just looks desolate. But then in the summer, there's fruit trees out and, oh, it's really nice. I quite like them. I quite like them. Steve, at the age of 50, I still get told how well I look and I do still work out. Oh, don't you find working out is so... D- I mean, I would have worked out today. You know, worked out how to open the fridge and put something in my mouth. I don't want to actually go... For- I do do walking, but I'm, I haven't been for a walk for a little while, so I'm, I'm a little bit unfit at the moment. And today I can't because I'm going for lunch, so I'll have to do it tomorrow. And, and then Wednesday I want me to go for a walk, but Thursday I might be to go for a walk. I'm talking to Vince Hill this week for an in-conversation, which will be going out in the uh, future. Vince has got his autobiography coming out, and at the moment I'm reading a, a proof of it, which is, uh, which is very good indeed, because he's had, he's had a lot of illness... Uh, many of you will remember Vince Hill because he had that million-seller Edelweiss all those years ago. He's got a lovely house down on the uh, banks of the Thames, and, uh, and very nice it is too. So we'll have a chat to him this week, and then you'll hear that. Also, June Brown, we talked to the other day. She was in, puffing away on an old cigarette, but one of these electronic cigarettes, which are really nice. And the funny thing is, you see people smoking them in bars. Jess was saying she's, you see people smoking them in bars, these things now. And a lot of people I know have got them, because it, it takes away a craving. It doesn't actually... It's not a substitute cigarette, but I think the action of... It's... I can't describe to you. It's got a little water tank in it, I think. You fill it up, or you do, or you buy it, and then you charge it up, and when you inhale, the end lights up, looks like a proper cigarette, and you blow out what looks like smoke. But it's steam, it's water vapour. And it's really odd. And June Brown puts a little bit of um, menthol in there, just so it tastes like... Because she smokes menthol cigarettes. Bizarre, isn't it? But, I mean, she looks fantastic. I was talking to somebody upstairs afterwards. I said, how old do you think she is? And somebody said, well, I don't know, about 63? I said, she's 82. She's 82. I mean, she looks fantastic. But it's because you see people on the on the television all the time that they don't age. I remember talking to John Pertwee once, and I think he was in his 80s. And he just looked the same throughout his entire career. He looked exactly the same age. Well, I appear to have aged really badly, actually. I look back at early pictures, I think, it's not going very well at all, is it? I wish I was as rich as David Geffen, who is currently enjoying a holiday. Do you know, he's so rich, he's worth about £4.6 billion, OK? He's what's currently known as A-list gay. He's openly gay. He's got DreamWorks. He's, he founded Asylum Records. But he's got a yacht that's got 83 bedrooms on it. 80... Well, I thought I'd misread. I didn't know people had that many friends. I mean, can you imagine you've got 83 friends? I mean, I haven't got 83 friends. I really haven't got... They always say that you can have loads of acquaintances, but not many friends. So I've got loads of acquaintances, but probably about five. Would five be about right? I remember a friend of mine once telling me... I'm not a friend anymore. He said, oh, he said, I've got about 20 friends. I said, you can't have. How have you got time for 20 friends? It's bad enough with five friends. You know, because they go, you, didn't, you haven't phoned me. I mean, I do have three people I speak to every day on the phone. Every day without fail. And Phil's not one of them. Anyway, another story. Listen, what we do, we take a short break for the, for the news headlines. And uh, then we go back. As I said, if you'd seen these pictures on the television of this typhoon, entire buildings just dropping into uh, rivers. Worst floods in 50 years. And uh, I think 2.5 metres of rain fell in the first... I mean, 2.5 metres fell, I think, in a matter of minutes. It's that bad. I've watched on the television, I've seen on Sky, the building's just falling into, into rivers. You think, by God, by God, it's, it's quite frightening. Thank God we don't have things like that over here yet. OK, 16 minutes past six. <laughs> the headlines. 
Schofield. Officials in Mallorca are trying to reassure British holidaymakers in Celsius. Oh dear, sorry, thinking about the gherkin. Thank you, Matt, very much indeed. Let's have a check on the state of the roads for you this morning. It's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. If you're heading into town on the M4, there's a broken... 1.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. It's Monday morning. It's LBC. Even more of you listening, so I'm even happier. Paul in Manchester says, same as yourself, Steve. I was a big fan of Mark Lester, but the whole sperm donation thing does disturb me. Puts a new slant on the... Yes, thank you. <laughs> so I should have read that bit before. He said, if uh, he and Mr Geller had any respect for Michael, they would keep their mouths well and truly shut. Well, that's what amazes me. We, we've all complained about it. Every time you turn on the television, there's Yuri Geller saying what a great friend Michael Jackson was. He hadn't spoken to him for about three years. And it's just people capitalising on it, and it just, it's just not very pleasant. Also, not very pleasant for the, for the children... But at least Michael Jackson has been buried. But the family are going to continue milking it for as long as possible. Uh, he's been buried at Forest Lawns, uh, thus putting pay to all the stories that he was going to be buried at Neverland or it was going to be turning into a shrine. He's at Forest Lawns and one of the papers has got a picture. Whether it's true or not, I've got no idea. But we know that the brain was returned. We were, we were sort of semi-laughing the other day at how they do this. They just turn up with a bag and go, there it is. And you go, oh, thank you very much indeed. And we're still waiting, aren't we? for the toxicology results. We still want to know. Uh, because there was um, an insurance policy which was linked to the shows at the O2. If Michael Jackson died, the insurance policy would pay out, and I think it's something like £10.5 million. Pounds. But if he died in suspicious circumstances or there was drugs or anything else involved, they wouldn't pay out. So that one's going to be very interesting. Uh, Paul says, I enjoyed your discussion about cinemas the other day. I think the bingo hall you mentioned was the Granada Tooting. We had a twin of it in Manchester, which, though listed, was inadvertently demolished and is now a Chinese restaurant and a car park. That was the naughty thing that people did in the early days. When they got uh, orders on these buildings, what the builders would do is nip in there quickly before the thing had been served. And they go, oh, terribly sorry about that. Oh, had no idea it was going to get a preservation order. But the Granada tooting here is, is quite wonderful. But they do turn into bingo halls. I don't know why, because you, you can't beat seeing a movie at the cinema. That's what they were made for. They weren't made for DVDs. Unless it was made by Guy Ritchie. They were generally made to be seen on, on the big screen. And that's how you were supposed to enjoy them. But there are so many sites devoted to uh, people who love cinema and love the buildings and theatres and everything. I mean, you can go around the world on these things. They're just absolutely fantastic. There was one in America that they pulled down, which was a bit like uh, Grauman's Chinese theatre in Hollywood. It was just fantastic. I mean, absolutely fantastic. And they pulled it down, which is dreadful. Steve says, Nicole, I've just managed to connect to LBC online on a dial-up since we moved to, is it uh, Aleppo in Syria three weeks ago? How I have missed listening to you in the morning. You see, even in Syria, people are listening to LBC. And uh, just to remind you that, of course, Widdy's here today. Widdy is here, and she's going to be here sitting in for, for O'Brien for the next two weeks. So it's your opportunity to phone up and, uh, and have a chat to her. I'm sure she's got some ideas which will, which will grate with everybody, like she did last time she was here. Uh, Steve says, Maureen, I absolutely love your show every morning. Uh, why not do your show at the Theatre Royal, Stratford East? Plenty of old girls like me who'd love to come and see your show. Actually, I've got a lot of old girls at my show. I do love Theatre Royal, Stratford East. I have been there before. It's a lovely theatre. I've sat at the top in the gods. My God, you need to take oxygen up there with you. It was a fantastic... I think Barbara Windsor has played Theatre Royal, Stratford East on more than one occasion. Great theatre. I've been there. It's at the back of the car park now, isn't it? Absolutely fantastic. 84850, Steve at LBC. 
Digi Digidrums are good, says Stephen Harlington, for bored fingers. Well, I played it a few times. I've got different sort of drums. I can't quite get excited about it. I can't quite get excited. Steve, what did this dog do when you were talking about it being put down? It bit its owner's nose off. And he was going on holiday the following day. So, And we asked the question, what would you do if you had a dog, uh, whether or not you, sh- you, know, you should have the dog put down? If you've got children, I think you just really can't... I don't think you can actually have any any more thoughts about it. You can't risk it with young children, can you? We've seen it before where staffs and other dogs like that have been left alone with children. They've thought they were toys. They see little tiny babies as if they're, they're dolls to play with. And uh, and there was one which was just shaken to death. Dreadful. Steve says, went to Camber Sands yesterday. Isn't it lovely? I've never been. I've never been to Camber Sands. We went to South End. Mm-hmm. Was, <laughs> we went on this roller coaster. I told you about it. It's called The Rage. I can only tell you... That at my age, I was quite surprised I actually managed to do it because it's a it's a vertical column, okay, and you sit in the car. I'll explain it again. Yes, it was on the podcast. Yeah, if you're going to South End today, and I do urge you to go and partake of our seaside resorts, it's not full of that many chavs. I probably you should better get away with it. And you sit in this car, eight of you, and it goes up and then it stops, and ahead of you is a vertical pole. And this thing, your seat tips up, so you're lying back, looking at the ceiling, looking at the sky. It gets to the top. And then it just drops, a vertical drop the other side. You've never seen like it. I promise you, half your nether regions are in your mouth by that time. This thing, it apparently lasts, somebody told me, for two minutes. It's the longest two minutes of your entire life, or it might only be 28 seconds. Whatever it is, it's... it's and I went on it twice. Small wonder my neck's out of kilter today. Where can you buy an electronic cigarette, please, says Carol. Now, that I can't tell you. Um, I'm assuming, if you go on to Google... And type in electric... see, Nancy wants one as well now. I tell you what, June Brown has got loads of them. Loads of She's got pink, blue, green, yellow. And it looks like a cigarette. You charge it up. When you inhale, like that, the end bit lights up to prove that it's, it's working. And you blow out smoke. I promise you, all during the in-conversation that we recorded with June Brown, she's blowing out smoke, but it's steam. It's steam. And she puts a little bit of menthol in there, so it tastes a bit like a cigarette. I suppose you could put a bit of tobacco in to add to it, so at least you get the taste or something like that. I think they're about £38. Type it in on Google, electronic cigarette. Uh, Alan Dodgen's told us about them before on the programme, so so well worth it. Well worth it. Check the plinth, says Sid. This is the plinth in Trafalgar Square. The The bloke's got a broom, a mop and a bucket, and he's cleaning it. Do you know, some of the people, we have to laugh because sometimes when I leave the studio, I do occasionally glance over. When I arrive in in the morning, we come round Trafalgar Square and I always look up to the plinth and some people are just sitting there doing nothing, which kind of wastes an hour. I mean, you've got an hour. If somebody said to you, right, you've got one hour, this is the only hour in your life, you would do some, I'd be producing silk handkerchiefs and doves and just doing all sorts of, just doing something. I like the idea of a broom and a mop and a bucket. Sounds like signature because they feature a broom, a mop and a bucket in their act as well. Anne says, are you still watching Coach Trip? Don't like Joe. Have you noticed how they've really got some horrible people on Coach Trip? And the Come Dine With Me's appear to be all, um, all sort of repeats. Last night we had Annika Rice again, who seemed to drop most of her food on the floor, and then picked it up again. Uh, uh, uh. I'm sorry, the hygiene conditions are not so good. And I really must, I've not done it yet, I've not eaten in the canteen here. At Global. I've, well, I've eaten for breakfast, but I haven't done lunchtime. Some, I could, I've had to buy a curry the other day I, I, to cook in my halogen oven because I did buy some um, garlic bread and it cooks really quickly. I ate a whole packet of garlic bread. 
I mean, that's not really good, is it? A whole packet of garlic bread is not surprised my stomach. But the trouble is, you can't just eat. You know, when you go out to Pizza Hut or something like that and do garlic bread with cheese on it, I mean, you can't just eat one piece, can you? You have to eat three. But we went to the the, uh, Italian restaurant in Epping a short while ago, and they do, like, a big round pizza with garlic. But that's delicious. I mean, that really is... So a whole pack of garlic... It's only one, two... It's only six pieces of garlic bread. Is that too much? It's like half a loaf, isn't it, really? It's only a baguette. Still, yeah. I feel quite ill now, actually. I've got stomachache, and I don't get stomachache. Phil and Clapham says, Steve, do you classify your hanging baskets as an allotment? (laughs) If you saw them... Actually, I might take a picture and uh, and put it up on the, uh, the the internet so you can have a look at Steve's hanging baskets because you'll be so impressed. Oh, no, sorry, we've got loads of time. Uh, just very quickly, front of the uh, Daily Star today, I mentioned Jordan, but they've got a picture of Michael Jackson's tomb. Well, what they say is his tomb. It's not very impressive. Looking at Berry Gordy's uh, mausoleum, and they're looking at Michael Jackson's tomb, unless this is underground, and it's got a, a picture of his uh, his children... On the back of it, like an oil painting. It's a very bizarre thing. Now, whether this is underground, I don't know, but it's not a very good picture. And, and, and I'm, I'm not sure whether or not I believe it, or whether or not it's in Berry Gordy's mausoleum. Either way, looking at the size of Michael Jackson's coffin, which we've seen, and looking at the size of this, this final resting place here, it doesn't quite look big enough. So I'm not too sure about that, but we're still in two minds about Mark Lester. We're a little bit worried by that one. We don't think it's good, and it's certainly not helpful to the children. This is LBC 90... Conditions apply. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, LBC 97.3. It's 6.30. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 7. I see, actually, the meerkats. Everybody's so taken by the meerkats. We love them. The meerkat.com. It's at the market.com. And apparently there's going to be a film featuring the top cat, Alexander Orlov, and it could become the summer's surprise smash at cinemas. You know what's going to be the next thing? I'll predict now. I'll make a prediction. Come Christmas, there's going to be meerkat dolls that talk. I bet you anything. I bet already they're being made somewhere. I bet you anything they're being made. I've just got the fit. The trouble is everybody likes them. Wouldn't you just want a meerkat that stood up and talked? It would have to have fur in it, but not anything sort of made out of plastic. It would have to have little motors in it. But I've just got this feeling that you can have them dressed in different outfits. People have teddy bears. Why not have meerkats? Everybody loves them. You go to the zoo. You go to London Zoo, and they've got the meerkat enclosure there, which is not huge, but there's always the one meerkat sitting on the top. And every time a plane goes overhead, it makes these little chirping sort of noises. Very, very interesting. Very good. Well, well, uh, well, doing. Well, well worth doing, I think. I noticed that Simon Cowell's ex, Terry Seymour, has revealed that uh, Simon still calls her ten times a day. Well, you see, I've, I've, I've been out with people before, and then you still carry on calling. Don't, I think ten times a day is a wee bit excessive. Just a wee bit. Phil and Butch and Kent say, were you out eating with Dale Winton on Saturday night in Covent Garden? No. No. Not Saturday. Yesterday, but we were at, uh, at Ballon's. But, uh, but we always go there as well. Uh, another story in the paper today. I must mention this very quickly because it's, it's only... It's so funny. It's poor old Jordan at this London hotel, caked in makeup, wearing somebody else's hair on her head for this uh, ridiculous Phil Turner and Gary Cockrell swapping their vows again. They've only been married for four years, these two boys. Perhaps they need the money, as I said before. And, um, and that was it, that Peter was rushing around. In fact, he was in Cyprus. So I reckon when we talk to Nathan Morley, probably on Thursday this week, he'll be telling us that he bumped into Peter Andre, who didn't want to talk about anything else, but uh, wanted to talk about um, his new single, 
Which, of course, nobody's really that interested in, are they? I don't think. Uh, Len reckons that these uh, electronic fags are on sale at a stall in the Harvey Centre in Harlow. Bit of a long way to go, though, isn't it? They must be available on the internet, actually. They must be available on the internet, I would think. And uh, Claire says, just managed to get you online, listening from China. There you go. Make, you feel like, make me feel like I'm back at home in Kingston-upon-Thames. <laughs> in Ch- Oh, love it. I bet you're suffering, aren't you, at the moment, I should imagine, depending on where you are. Depending on where you are in uh, China. Here's uh, Victoria Beckham. All the papers today. All the papers today. She's uh, arrived back. Hair scraped up. Big glasses. Wholly inappropriate outfit. Whereas Dave turns up in a check shirt with a, with a man bag and a pair of jeans. And Brooklyn as well. I don't know how old Brooklyn is now. But, oh, ten. Ten, actually. But so he's actually turned up. Actually, but that was the funny picture the other day. I have to mention it again because it was Tom Jones looking all butch and uh, getting out of a car with a pair of shorts on and a man bag. Who's holding a man bag? Tom Jones, butch, heterosexual. Not normally a man bag sort of person, I wouldn't have thought. Anyway, with the time at uh, 23 minutes to 7, it's always a pleasure to see him back with the all-over tan of his <laughs> holiday, let me tell you. I don't think he went anywhere, but before I didn't, know. Did you not? No. no Training nowhere. camp, actually. Yeah, right. Anyway, <laughs> all right, we'll have the sports news there, we'll have the horse racing... All with Phil Blacker. Yes, good morning. Well, the, the inquest has started into England's innings and 80 runs defeat at Headingley, which has squared the Ashes series at one all going into next week's decider. It means England have to win the final test at the Oval to take back the urn, and that looks unlikely after being beaten inside three days yesterday. Ravi Bapara, Ian Bell and Paul Collingwood all under pressure for their places. Whilst there's real doubts over whether Andrew Flintoff will be fit to return and play his last ever test match. Coach Andy Flower says they have no idea at this stage whether Freddie will be ready. I couldn't even put a percentage on that one. Uh, He's seeing a specialist tomorrow and we'll know more after that. If he's there... Uh, It's great having a a class cricketer like him around. If he's not there, then we've got to win it without him. Well, Jonathan Trott did his chances of an England call-up no harm as he hit 73 to lead Warwickshire to pro 40 victory over Leicestershire in Division 2 of the competition yesterday. Somerset, Sussex and Essex all won in Division 1. Carlo Ancelotti is celebrating his first silverware as Chelsea manager, but Sir Alex Ferguson was far from happy with the manner of Manchester United's defeat in the Community Shield at Wembley yesterday. The Blues scored a controversial second goal in a two-all draw before winning on penalties. United defender Patrice Evra was down injured at the time, but the referee allowed play to continue. Ferguson says it highlights a grey area in the rules. They stopped the game twice before that for fouls our players lying down when Balak was lying down and got up within seconds but uh, no that incident causes a game really Further bad news for United is that winger Nani will miss the start of the Premier League season he'd scored their opening goal yesterday but the dislocated shoulder in a clash with John Terry will keep him out for the start of the campaign now, who says I don't mention that badminton, England's badminton squad, will explain their decision to pull out of the World Championships in India later. Officials say they were responding to reports of a specific terror threat on the tournament, and the decision wasn't taken lightly. But teams from Scotland and Wales are still taking part and claim it's an overreaction. And there are four race meetings today. They go at Southall, Thirsk, Windsor and Wolverhampton. Right. Uh, not a bad week for the sports boys. Was it not? How did they get on? They, was, they were so-so. <laughs> they, they were so-so. I mean, I think, actually, uh, who did it last? Phil did it. Yes. Phil yeah. actually got it. We finally persuaded. He, he wouldn't go each way. Really? He wouldn't Good do lad. it for love. I know, I know. <laughs> Train them well. <laughs> yes, you have, actually. You only had one winner. 
Right. So your total losses now, because Bookie Basher Babe from the sports department. <laughs> I know. I wonder what they were going on. I have no idea, but you lost £2 on it because it came 5th out of 11th. Alex had calculating third, so he lost £2, but he had a big winner during the week. Oh, didn't he? £22.30, he's in the red two. You're in the red two, £44.74. OK, so pretty much as you were then. Pretty much as you were. Uh, so today, he's off to Windsor. Mm-hmm. At 8.20, Alex has picked Point of Light, win only. He did have it last Thursday, but it won last Thursday. Oh, right. So he's obviously decided that we're going to go Sticking for it with again. It. He's going to stick with it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I'm going to Southall today, 4.15. Okay. Figueroa Flyer. Figueroa what? Figueroa Flyer. Oh, right. Figueroa Flyer. I think I say so. Yeah, probably is. Yeah. Well, you need a winner. It's nice to be back, yeah. though, in one piece. Did you not go anywhere? You're not... Uh, no, no, no. So I caught the sun in South End. <laughs> I think it was the sun I caught. It was either that or some horribly incurable disease. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Where did you go? You didn't go anywhere, did you? No. As I say, you were know, uh, doing a bit of boxing. Right. When is this boxing match? When is it going to happen? Um, not till end of October, start of November. But um, Creeping up. I know, it's getting it's creeping there. Creeping up. And I, th- I believe that we're filming tomorrow. No. So I, hopefully it might be on the website, my, uh, really? one of my early sessions. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, good. Look Still to, to be confirmed, but that's the plan at the moment. It's going to so, be put uh, up on, on which website? On LBC? Uh, hopefully, yeah. That's, really? That's the plan. Oh, can't wait to see the photos <laughs> as well. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> fantastic. Lovely. What are you wearing? I haven't decided that yet. Oh, right. Some sweaty vest, probably. Oh, I'm not sure about sweating. <laughs> not over keen on that idea, I'm afraid. Be sweaty at the end. Yes, exactly. I think there's too much information. Nice to have you back, though, in one piece. You're thank here you. all week, are you? I am indeed, yeah. Lovely. Phil, thank you for that. Thank you. Phil Black will be back. We'll put those horses up on the uh, internet for you, just in case you want to lose two pounds later. It depends what sort of day you're in. Actually, I must mention, uh, is it Tinchy Strider? who is number one in the charts, apparently, at the moment. I'm still, still talking to myself, don't worry. And, uh, and I've just downloaded it to my iPod. I feel as I'm really hip and down with all the cool street people. Because I've got Tinchy Strider, and uh, it's also got Amelie, uh, who's going to return the favour and put him on the Sugar Babes album. I love the record. I absolutely love it. It's called Never Leave You. This is his second number one. How do I know these things? Answer, I've got no idea. But I remember s- seeing it on the television. And then I, I came in one morning, and it was playing in the lift. Capital were playing it. And I thought... I've got to go and get that and download it. So I downloaded it, thinking I'm really hip and trendy and everything else. And uh, lo and behold, it now features very heavily. Strangely enough, I was just having a look. I mean, to prove what, what a daft world we're in, the OK Celebrity Chart, OK, this is... They don't really have proper celebrities. What they have are sort of media celebrities or people they've actually created. Number one, they've got the dreary Jordan. Number three this week, they've got Rachel Stevens because she's just got married. So what they've actually done is they've actually put... Rachel Stevens' wedding in there, like, bore, bore, bore. Michael Jackson, Jack Tweed. So now these people become celebrities. You know, through being a drunk, convicted thug, you become a celebrity. Even worse is Chanel Hayes. Now, Chanel Hayes, you know the reason she's in there? The only reason Chanel Hayes is in there is because she took a drugs overdose this week and tried to kill herself. So this warrants the fact that somebody goes, you're a celebrity, we're going to... Why did she take a drugs overdose? Because her boyfriend finished with her. She needs to get a grip on reality, I'm afraid. So here she is. She cheated death. It's always just a way of getting publicity, I'm afraid. It's rather pathetic and rather sad and very stupid and also a coward's way out. But this gets you an OK magazine. I think I'll throw myself out the window, actually, in a minute. Perhaps I can make front page. Radio presenter chucks himself out a window in an effort to get into OK magazine. Probably just get sexual. Let's wait till the end of the show. We've got another 16 minutes to go. I don't want to waste it just yet. Also, I want to do it if Anne Whittacombe was here as well, because then I think the double bonus would be Steve Allen and Whitty. 
you know, at the same time. We could do a double jump for charity or something. Anyway, £2,000 cash is an our how low. Uh, I can't believe we've given away two grand. I mean, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, it's far too generous. This you'll get on Friday at 6pm, I think, with Mr Whale. If you haven't booked a holiday yet, you can use it for that. You can put it towards a car. Probably buy a car, actually. Uh, new clothes for the summer. Quite a lot of new clothes. Lowest unique bid will win. So this is in the how low. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Auction closes at 6pm on Friday. You text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send that to treble 821. Don't think you won't win. We've had lots of winners. In fact, every day we have winners. So LBC, follow by your bid in pence, and send that to treble 821. The bid will cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 6pm next Friday, which is the 14th of August. You must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. So £2,000 cash. Cash money, as they say. Lovely jubbly. Be nice, wouldn't it? You could change your holiday. If you've got a holiday coming up, you're thinking £2,000 cash, sorted with the ice creams, I should think. Quarter to seven is the time. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. It's uh, 11 minutes to seven. More people than ever listening to the programme, which is good news. LBC's teamed up with the London Eye to give away five pairs of tickets for a PIMS flight to celebrate the live broadcast of Nick Ferrari's award-winning breakfast show from the London Eye last Friday. We want to offer you the chance to experience the same amazing views. You can enjoy a Pims and lemonade, or a soft drink for the children, as you reach a height of 135 metres on one of London's top attractions. You will also enjoy the privilege of priority boarding. You must take the prize before the 24th of September. For full details and terms and conditions, go to lbc.co.uk. In fact, actually, if you've not been to the website before, do go to it, because it's got everything on there, including 24 hours in the life of LBC. They were taking photos yesterday, strangely. I'm going to find out what they're They might be doing the weekend people taking photos. That's, that's my, for some strange reason. When James Whale came in, Matt was taking loads of photos. I thought, what are these for? Perhaps they're going up on the internet as well. But you can have a look at 24 hours in the life of LBC. And uh, there's a, I look particularly dreadful, it has to be said. Matthew Schofield gets about 300 pictures on there, and I'm not bitter and twisted in any way, shape or form. And it's got Nick Ferrara, and it's got everybody else on there. So it's really nice. So go and check that out. You can check out the old presenter pictures. You can check on what some of us used to look like when we first joined the station. That'll keep you amused. And uh, loads of other stuff as well. Uh, Paul says, I wondered uh, about the film Swalk. That was sealed with a love and kiss, S-W-A-L-K. The melody film, which had Jack Wilde and Mark in it. Never appeared on DVD. Never appeared on DVD. It appeared briefly in Japan. All the copies you buy, I'm afraid, are counterfeit copies, and they're really, really bad. So don't ever waste your money buying the film Swelk, sealed with a... You know, you used to write it on envelopes. S.W.A.L.K.Swelk, sealed with a loving kiss. The Bee Gees did the title song from it, Melody, and it was really lovely. So any copy you find on DVD is a counterfeit. Don't buy them. Don't buy them. Absolutely terrible. Uh, you seem to be surprised at the antics of Mr Geller. No shock, really. He's been bending the truth for years. It's true, actually. We've always said about him, he's just a magician. That's all it is. Uh, 84850, steve at John's in Helsinki. What do we do? It's like going round the world today, isn't it? We've done China, Syria, and now we've done uh, Helsinki. And John says, it's always nice to see the expressions on people's faces when I'm smiling mysteriously on the train whilst listening on my headphones. Pat in Stansted says, we've owned dogs for years. I've always had Labradors. I've seen the pickies. But some years ago, I decided to buy a Jack Russell puppy to join the labs. He matured into a friendly little dog to other people, but became more and more aggressive to me. And one early morning, went for my face, 
An excellent friend, an experienced dog owner, said, I must have him destroyed as I'll never be able to trust him again. Terrible choice, but the vet agreed, uh, saying, also, I was not trying to rehome him. The vet put him to sleep that morning. I did feel devastated, but again, three experienced dog owners I knew said it was right, he could never be trusted, and dogs can attack adults as well as children. This was the story earlier on of, um, of a friend of a friend of a friend whose dog he treated like a, a child, took to bed, everything else, you know, would kiss it, like people do with dogs, I've seen it. And uh, he saw it lying on the kitchen floor, went down, put his face next to it, gave it a kiss, it opened his eyes and bit his nose off. And the, and the question we asked this morning was whether or not you would have to have the dog put down. And the answer is absolutely. They've, they've got children. You can't afford to risk it because you don't know if, if the dog's got that streak in it. And that's the uh, that's sort of the worrying thing. Emerin Dagnum says you could get those cigarettes. This is the electronic ones that June Brown smokes from I want one of those dot com. Also, Amazon, £38. I think £38 is about the right price. Make sure you get an approved one. There's probably lots of pirated type things. Uh, Eddie, the tipper driver, uh, smokes these, uh, says they're fantastic, stops the craving. But it, you do blow out smoke, but it's not actually um, smoke, it's steam. Loads of people. Uh, <laughs> Chris in Essex says, I've just seen the wife off on a balloon ride, hoping for strong winds. <laughs> it's not nice, is it? I did like the other day, I turned on the television, Ronnie Corbett was on there, and he was, he said, I, I came from a Presbyterian family, he said, very strict upbringing. He said, so I should look forward with, uh, with Irene McGonagall to playing uh, doctors and nurses when we were children. And he said, the trouble is, he said, I was always the one, he said, who was sent out to get the bandages. He said, when I came back, she'd recovered. <laughs> I just remember thinking, hands up who played doctors and nurses. No, just me again. Anyway, moving on very quickly. Nick Ferraro is with you after the news at seven. Katie Knight is the paper reviewer today. She loves it in the studio. She loves the ice-cold temperatures. She walks in. I mean, she practically is done up like Nanooka the North because it is, it is sub-zero in here. I mean, even Anthony Davis said it was cold this morning. Although, strangely enough, the more time you spend in it, the more you kind of get used to it. I mean, I'm used to wearing mittens for the programme now. And Ugg boots. Uh, they're also talking about torture. Can it ever be justified? William Hague. Uh, is there anything wrong with lying about your age? This is in the light of Amanda Redman, who apparently has knocked a couple of years off. Now, I don't think it's just women. Why is it? Why would just women be knocking years off? Everybody, everybody wants to sort of knock a few. Nobody likes to be the age that they are until you get to a certain age and then you can't wait to tell everybody. Like June Brown is 82 and she now tells everybody, but I'm quite sure there must have been... A sort of a time in her life where she's like, nobody wants to be here. It's, it's how you feel. It's how you feel. Uh, Steve, there is a company that sells a disposal electronic cigarette that costs around £6. I think the normal price for these is 38 I think the normal price, I seem to remember on the back of my, uh, back of my memory, believe you me, it's going slightly, £38 seems to be the, uh, the right sort of price. June swears by them. I mean, she carries them everywhere. And it's just so funny to sit there watching somebody puffing away on a cigarette that's not real, but it's electronic, only in this day and age. Quickly, the front pages of the uh, papers, the tragedy of Prince Charles's godson, hooked on crack. This is not the uh, first time we've heard this story. It's on page 10 and 11. There's also poor old Vicky Beckham. Um, she was at the American Idol auditions. Apparently, she was described afterwards by one critic as wooden and stilted. The trouble is, she's not a presenter. It's no good just saying to somebody, OK, you can be a presenter. Sharon Osbourne does it brilliantly because it's just natural. Some people don't do it very well. And unfortunately, she's looking stick thin. I mean, really, she's looking so, so thin. It's almost embarrassing. Uh, Peter Mandelson with his shirt off. 
I don't like to say this, but he should be wearing a training bra. He's got to that age, as most men do, where they start having moobs. Uh, more on the, uh, the Jackson family. And uh, now we've got Mark Lester saying, uh, I'm the daddy. A little bit embarrassing for everybody. This is uh, Nicholas Natchbull, who is Charles's godson, on crack, they say. Is he another victim of the family's cursed history? And uh, they've got loads of pictures and stories. Also, does changing your hair colour make you feel better? Cheryl Cole has gone for this... Well, some of the hair's hers, some of it is, uh, is stuck on, I think. And she's gone a, a shade... I don't know. I don't know what you describe it, actually. It's not, it's not copper. It's, it's red, I suppose, or cherry colour. Same as Sharon Osbourne. That sort of similar colour. Men can't do that, can they? Men would sort of, you know, they go, oh, I think I'll change my hair colour, and you can never do it the same. And as I said before, you should sniff food. Don't read a sell-by date. Sniff. If you sniff, then you can tell exactly if food is off. So don't, don't worry about anything else. Just do that. And you know now... One in six of us, and I do not include myself in this, are too lazy to even lift the TV remote. That's why we're, we're overweight, because years and years ago, you, we didn't have remotes on the television, did we? You didn't have anything. You had to get up and push a button or turn a dial. Now you sit there and you, you channel for it. The moment it goes to the advert, click, click, you just click over. So perhaps we should go back to televisions where you have to actually get up and push the button, make us a bit more, uh, a bit thinner. Uh, Jackie in Dagenham says, I always add a few years to my age rather than take it off. Then people are more likely to say, really, you don't look it. It's for the trouble I did that. <laughs> They've stopped saying, really, you don't look it anymore. So that's a bit of a pointless exercise, I'm afraid. <laughs> that's just about it for uh, this morning. Uh, another one here who says, uh, let's get people put down when they behave aggressively. Such an easy solution, says Chris in London. If a kid slapped his dad around the face, would you put him down? I don't think slapping somebody around the face is exactly the same as biting his nose off. And, of course, I would be thinking about it. Anyway, that's it for this morning. If you go to lbc.co.uk, learn all about podcasting, do the whole business. And, of course, you can check out for that fantastic competition to win some free flights on the London Eye, which you can only get on LBC, one of those nice PIMS flights, and you get the priority boarding which is so much nicer, so much nicer. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning. Don't forget, Widdy's here. She'll be here at 10 this morning. I'm much looking forward to that. So when I come in tomorrow morning, I'll be to say, I'm sitting in the same chair that Widdy's been sitting in. And she'll be here at 10 this morning, taking your calls. With you after the news, which is next on LBC 97.3, it's Nick Ferrari. I'll see you tomorrow morning. <laughs> Lively up your lucky pants.